Hi, this is David McLean, President of the University of Hawaii, and you're watching Carrie and Evan on Greater Good TV. Greater Good TV is proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Greater Good TV, with your hosts Carrie and Evan Leong. Leaders inspiring leaders. A place where financial profit and social responsibility go hand in hand for Hawaii's greater good. Today's special guest is President of the University of Hawaii, David McLean. Hey, Evan. Hey, Welcome Karen. to our show, David. Great to be here. So you're President of the University of Hawaii. Is it the same as running a corporate or a big business? It's like being a CEO of a corporation, but it's also like uh, being a mayor of a city, no question about it. And, but it's really its own thing. I mean, we're not a city and, and we're not a corporation. We're an institution of higher education, or, or rather I should say 10 of them, 10 institutions of higher education all together in, in one system. So what prepared you for this position? Could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what prepared me for this particular position because systems of higher education are, are fairly um, unique uh, entities. Uh, graduated in 68 with a degree in economics and mathematics, was a student leader there, um, was drafted and uh, decided to sign up for officer candidate school. So I went to Army OCS, uh, was commissioned a second lieutenant, spent uh, time as a first lieutenant in Vietnam. So there's, there's some leadership experience there. And then I went to MIT, and in three years I completed my PhD in economics. Uh, and then, in a pretty non-traditional move, I joined a private company that was headed by a Harvard professor. It's a company called Data Resources, uh, or Data Resources Inc. (DRI), and I was responsible in six months for their international operations. And four years later, um, uh, Otto Eckstein and our our backers took it to an IPO. Um, it was a fascinating time. It was uh, uh, obviously a lot of leadership opportunities there. I worked for President Carter for a couple of years on uh, the Council of Economic Advisors as a senior staff economist, and uh, that exposed me to leadership on the national level. Um, then I went to Boston University and started uh, my academic career. Uh, I'd actually done a little bit of that in the, in the late 70s before joining the Carter administration. Became department chair, uh, was the founding director of our management program in Japan, and then came to Hawaii. And as you said in your introduction, uh, I've served as the dean of the business school. And I think about the mid-1990s, as we were preparing uh, material for our accreditation at the business school, they asked each of us on the faculty to uh, write down what our um, career goals might be. And I remember at the time saying, well, I think I'd like to be the president of a small college. And actually, when I became dean of the College of Business in 2000, that sort of happened because, as you know from attending the, uh, the now Scheidler College of Business, um, the, uh, the business school is about 2,000 people. And so that, that is like a small college. Uh, it is not uh, a 10 campus system of 80,000 students. Uh, but that being said, I think the secret for, for, for me in, in adapting to this situation and, and uh, hopefully leading the university effectively has been that we have a great team. And along the, in, in all those years of, of serving as a, as a leader in various capacities, I, what I've tried to do is to 
develop the interpersonal and the managerial and just sort of the, the, the human team building skills that you need to, to get a job done because you can never do anything by yourself. You really have to have the support and uh, collaboration of the, of the people that, that you work with. So uh, in that sense, I think it's fair to say we have we have a good team uh, leading the UH system, um, and uh, we certainly uh, believe in what we're doing. Well, what's the biggest difference from going as dean of the business school, 2,000 students, to going to the president of the university with you know 10 campuses and a <laughs> lot more students? Well, the obvious difference is scale. We start with that, but also the the, the role of of a system leader is different than the role of say the leader of the Manoa campus or the leader of one of the units on the Manoa campus which is, is, for example, the Scheidler College of Business. When you're a campus leader or a leader of a school, you have students in your building. Uh, it, you're very close to what's going on as far as, uh, as the educational enterprise. Uh, you'll stop in, you'll teach classes, uh, um, do some, some recreational things with the students as, as my wife and I did with uh, uh, the Super Clubs Day at the business school. Um, when you're a system leader, uh, the focus is more, I, I, I think of it more like being sort of a league commissioner. Um, with the campuses being the teams in the league. Uh, Alabama has 11 systems. Ohio has five or six. Hawaii is unusual in having a single system of higher education, but it's a real advantage for us because it means that we have a greater chance at connecting to the communities, particularly through our community colleges, and then working through the baccalaureate institutions like UH Hilo and West Oahu. Up next, David shares the best advice he's received from a mentor. Never plan too much. Um, you'll be you'll you'll be surprised what comes along. Uh, don't over prepare. Just be receptive to opportunities. Do you believe anything is possible? I do. I work at Earthlink. I believe internet good can defeat internet evil. The world without spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months. So where do you think we'll be 20 years from now? Be right here working on this lawnmower. Do you think we're saving enough for retirement? Well, maybe it's time we find somebody to help. Maybe it's time we buy a home. Richard Lewis, CEO of Core Systems Hawaii, Hawaii's data storage experts. For over 18 years, we've been helping businesses protect their critical data with enterprise IT systems. We've seen all types of service interruptions, from power outages to simple human errors. Core Systems now provides a local disaster recovery managed service utilizing our experience in storage and server virtualization. 
Call us at 440-5000 to ensure that your data will be there when you need it most. You did mention that you held a lot of leadership positions from when you left high school. It was the U.S. Army, the military, and some other positions. Who was a big mentor in your life, and what did he or she teach you that was important? Well, I've been really lucky in that regard. I've had uh, a number of people who have been very good mentors to me. Um, and I say it's just luck, uh, but I, of course, start with my mother and father, uh, and particularly my father. Um, he was a grain buyer. Uh, he was always a, a great source of counsel to me uh, when he was alive, as was my mother, who was um, working at, the, as I recall, the Pillsbury Company in 1938 when they were married. And uh, the times were such then with the Depression and there not being many jobs, and of course a, a different role for women in society at the time, she resigned immediately upon getting married. I think uh, in terms of professional mentors, the one I would start with would be Charles Kendallberger who uh, was a professor of economics at MIT uh, and under whom I wrote my thesis, which was on foreign investment in the United States. Um, Charlie, uh, has, who has now also passed away, um, Charlie always said, uh, never plan too much. Um, you'll, be, you'd be, you'll be surprised what comes along. Uh, don't overprepare. Just be receptive to opportunities. Subsequently, um, there have been a lot of others, uh, some here in the state of Hawaii and some in the Boston area where I lived for 20 years. Who in Hawaii has been your greatest mentor? That's a great question. I'd say Dave Heenan has played a key role. Um, of course, uh, Campbell Estate trustee and, and then why? former CEO of Theo Davies and uh, former dean of the business school. Um, and I'd say Dave Heenan because um, Dave really understands leadership um, in, in the most profound way. I know when I became the, the dean of the business school, uh, of course I called him up and said, okay, uh, what advice do you have? And Dave's basic advice is, if, if you're in a leadership position, by God, lead. And, and what he means by that is, and I think you have to say this more in the, in the academic world than you might in the corporate world, don't study something to death. You know, people are, if you're in a leadership position, people are expecting you to get as much information as time permits and then make a decision and, and try to make the best decision for the organization. Another person I called up for advice and, and a person who has been a good mentor to me here in Hawaii is Bob Clark, uh, just recently retired chairman of HEI. Um, and when I became the, the vice president uh, and then subsequently the uh, interim president, I, I uh, remember calling Bob and saying, so we're number five in the state, and Hawaiian Electric has, uh, we have 1.2 billion in revenues, you have 1.6, you have 400,000 customers, we have 80,000. There's probably something that, that's similar here. What advice would you give me? And because Bob had been the head of my advisory board at, at the business school, um, he knew where I was coming from and he was running, uh, uh, overseeing HECO and American Savings Bank, an organization that was, was even larger in scale than, than the university. And he said, at the business school, you were able to shape that organization by, um, importantly, by the force of your personality. Uh, it was a small operation. You could know it, everything that went on in the business school. I mean, that's not literally true, but you could know a whole lot about what was going on in the school. You could certainly know every employee because we had fewer than 100 uh, faculty and staff. Um, he said, 
now that you're in the position you're, you're in, you've got to rely on the people who are your vice presidents, who are chancellors of your campuses. You, you just have to be comfortable with the fact that you can't know everything, that they need to know everything, and they, in turn, their subordinates need to know everything. And in that respect, the fact that I had functioned in a military bureaucracy uh, in the Vietnam War uh, was somewhat relevant because I said, oh yeah, okay, I get it. It's, it's somewhat hierarchical in that sense. Walter Dodds, of course, comes to mind as well. Um, I think in, in, in the case of Walter Dodds, it's just leading by example. Unbelievable. You know, it, it's just the, the kind of person who could make things happen and does so in a way that, that's, that's culturally sensitive, of course. Um, the, the other person I should mention, I suppose, uh, as, as a mentor is, uh, is my wife, Wendy McLean. Um, we met uh, about 27, 29 years ago, and uh, she uh, and I complement each other very well in terms of style. Uh, she's uh, extraordinarily um, interested in the education of, uh, of young children. She's an early childhood uh, expert, and uh, she's also uh, one of the most uh, 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 sensitive and and unassuming and yet uh, very perceptive people that I that I've ever met, and of course I love her dearly. So uh, she's I think it's fair to say, and I, I hope she would say the same thing about me that, that we sort of mentor each other. Up next, David talks about his time in Vietnam. Probably try to swim it, and he does. Ball comes loose and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. But they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Will it count? And the Bears have won. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Need help staffing your business? Listen to what some of Hawaii's top employers say about Midweek and the Star Bulletin's Star Classifieds. We're currently expanding, and Star Classified has helped us tremendously with our recruiting efforts. Not only did they bring a quantity of applicants, um, they also brought the quality that we were looking for. Do you believe anything is possible? I do. I work at Earthlink. I believe internet good can defeat internet evil. The world without spyware, viruses, or online identity theft. I believe in a place where our information can be safe. I won't stop fighting until we get there. We work at Earthlink. And we're making unbelievable things happen every day. It's time to start believing. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Order now and get Earthlink for $29.95 for six months. Hey, did our banker get back to us on those ideas to streamline our cash flow? <sighs> yeah, that's what I thought. You know, maybe we need a bank that actually cares about our business. And I've got Grace working on payroll, because I'm going to need it for... You're not going to believe this. Do you know any good business bankers? 
You seem to um, adapt to Hawaii's culture in ways fairly well. What hmm. advice could you give to others who are coming into our market and need right. to understand that this culture is different? What are the things that you had to change, some of the things that um, you could give them advice on? I spent a year in Vietnam a long time ago, but I also spent some time in Japan toward the end of the 1980s, uh, first at Keio University as a visiting scholar, and then in the Osaka Kobe area because the Osaka prefecture had invited Boston University to establish a campus there. Uh, in the end, we didn't do it, but I was in Japan a lot from 88, 89, and 90. Um, that experience of, of being in a room negotiating Negotiating with uh, Japanese corporations, um, uh, that experience of living in that culture, uh, working in Europe as I did uh, in the 70s, although we, I didn't live there, I was in, in Europe a week, a month, for th three or four years. Um, I think both of those experiences really are important because for, for the Hawaii experience because you get used to being um, not in, in the majority. You get used to being in a milieu that you don't fully understand. And so it's really important to kind of develop the skill to read the signals um, as opposed to acting. You receive and pay attention to what's going on before you act. I, I think that skill is is uh, what people need to have to do business. Uh, Hawaii is the biggest small town I've ever been in, but it is a big small town. And, and the result is that that you and that you have a, a lot of interdependence uh, among and, and with the people that you work with. And just appreciating that the, that's the fact, that's how it's going to be. I think that sort of value that uh, uh, we are all in this together, uh, let's see how we can work with each other, uh, greater, maybe a little bit greater patience in interpersonal relationships. I think, I think all of that is, is part of doing business in Hawaii. You mentioned Vietnam a few times. Mm -hmm. Are you able to share with us some of those things that you did learn from that experience? When I was the dean of the business school, we started a program in Hanoi, uh, an MBA program with the Hanoi School of Business. And um, I think we're in our fourth cohort now. Um, I think, uh, fortunately, I was not in a, in a combatant role. I was an officer, but I wasn't on the front lines. Um, I learned a lot about uh, just the abject poverty that exists in much of the world. Um, I think maybe one of the one of the things to uh, uh, to reflect on is that when Wendy and I went to Hanoi in 2002, we traveled down to Da Nang, which is where I'd been stationed, and the city was very different than I remembered it in 1970-71, and I was trying to put my finger on why it was it was very different, and. Uh, this is this is this is what I came up with. Um, when I was there in seventy seventy one, it was pretty much of a hellhole. I mean, you had refugees from the countryside. I mean, escaping the conflict that was going on. Um, it was a pretty brutish kind of place, and I had eighty Vietnamese working for me on the the compound that that I was responsible for. Um, their lives were pretty brutish lives. Um, we come back in 2002, and there's a sense of hope in in the in the in the city. But I ask folks in Da Nang, how long has it felt this hopeful? There's construction occurring and things like that. They said only about five years. Stay tuned to hear David share why he is involved in nonprofit organizations. 
So Wendy and I moved here, we, we said, well, there's a lot that we could help with. We could really make a difference. Um, and if we if we not we don't get involved, you know, maybe nothing will happen on this. So. So where do you think we'll be 20 years from now? Be right here working on this lawnmower. Do you think we're saving enough for retirement? Well, maybe it's time we find somebody to help. Maybe it's time we buy a home. Probably try to swim it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline. Another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. As they get it to Rodgers, they give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Will it count? And the Bears have won. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Hi, I'm Richard Lewis, CEO of Core Systems Hawaii, Hawaii's data storage experts. For over 18 years, we've been helping businesses protect their critical data with enterprise IT systems. We've seen all types of service interruptions, from power outages to simple human errors. Core Systems now provides a local disaster recovery managed service utilizing our experience in storage and server virtualization. Call us at 440-5000 to ensure that your data will be there when you need it most. So along with being president of the university, you also are involved with a number of nonprofit organizations and community organizations. The one that, that probably is the most prominent within our family is uh, the Literacy Initiative. Uh, when we first came, uh, Wendy taught at the Jefferson School uh, English as a Second Language um, to uh, immigrant children and then uh, worked on the Governor's Council for Literacy, um, became involved in family literacy efforts for the state, then became uh, a board member of um, Hawaii Literacy. Um, Hawaii Literacy was founded in the 70s uh, to um, make it easier for immigrants, uh, particularly from China at the time, uh, to learn the English language and, and to deal with the fact that we have people who are 40 years old and still can't read. And, and so she became involved in that and then uh, became for a while the, the head of the board and the executive director when the executive director uh, resigned and then um, uh, continued on as the head of the board after a successful search. And she, under her leadership, I got involved in the literacy movement. Another one that uh, has been really enjoyable is the Hawaii Alliance for Arts Education. Um, Marilyn Cristofori, also an executive MBA graduate uh, from uh, sometime in the late 90s, um, asked me to, to join the board. And what I was really struck by about the arts is how, how much their education in the arts helps the creative impulse when it comes to starting a business. And I know both of you are, are interested in that space of, of entrepreneurship. If you think of, of a, an artist uh, facing a blank canvas or a dancer facing an empty stage, um, that, that emptiness represents lots of risk as you sort of put yourself out there um, drawing something on a canvas or, or dancing a, a particular dance on an empty stage. Um, that risk-taking mindset is at the core 
of, of expressing yourself if, if you're uh, uh, in the arts. And, and that's why when, when uh, Marilyn herself is, is a, a renowned dancer, as is her, her husband Greg Lisenberry, who teaches at the university. Um, so when, when, when we talked about her interest in promoting education in the arts in the public schools, it was completely aligned with my interest in entrepreneurship because the risk-taking behavior is what you want to encourage. Were you always involved in nonprofits, even when you were in Japan, in the country of Japan and Vietnam as well? Or is it just that when you came to Hawaii, you felt that you did mention it was a responsibility or the role in the position you were, but was it just something that you, you know, personally know, It's really did? mostly since I came to Hawaii, and I think that's a, that's, that reflects a couple of things. It was just sort of, I was at the right stage of my life, and, and perhaps Wendy as well was the, at the right state, stage of her life. Probably if we'd stayed in Boston, we would have gotten very involved in, in nonprofit activities there. But there is one other thing about Hawaii that, that I, I think is uh, perhaps a little different than if we had stayed in a, a big East Coast city. And this is something that uh, our former Attorney General uh, um, Marjorie Bronster uh, once said, she, you may know, it, had worked in, in a, a big law firm in New York before moving to, uh, moving to Hawaii. And she said, you know, in New York, there's so many professional people, if something needs to be done, you can pretty much count on somebody will take care of it. But when you come to Hawaii, you can't be sure that somebody else will take care of it. The anonymity that you get in a really big city is not here. and. And that's one of the, the nice things about Hawaii. Um, and, and so I think that's part of it, too, is, is Wendy and I moved here. We, we said, well, there's a lot that we could help with. We could really make a difference. Um, and if, we, if we're not, we don't get involved, you know, maybe nothing will happen on this. So, Would you consider yourself lucky? I'd say, yeah. And lucky to meet my wife, of course. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the, the, and certainly lucky to uh, be chosen as the Henry Walker Professor at the business school. So yeah, I, I think a, a luck is a, is a lot of it. But I I give a commencement uh, a charge to our graduates every year, and, and I uh, I quote Harlan Cleveland, who is our he's still alive in his early 90s now. He was our president from 1971 to 75. He came to visit me in my office a year year and a half ago, and. Um, Cleveland's advice was very much like uh, Charles Kendallberger, who I mentioned before, which is, you know, um, be receptive to new opportunities. Um, you can't know what will come your way. Um, don't overprepare. Um, and so, in, in a sense, I've been lucky. It's been partly because I've been open to to being lucky. Well, thank you so much, David McLean, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. And thank you so much for joining us today on Greater Good TV. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodtelevision.com. Please join us again for another episode of Greater Good TV. Greater Good TV has been proudly presented by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking.